Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Breath from the Bunker. It is Thursday, June 4th. The year is 2020. Uh, we are here, and we are joined by Crenshaw. I'm going to pick him up right now. Crenshaw. Hey, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Doing all right. All right, that's good. That's good. Now, thing going on? <laughs> you know, the first thing I ask because you've done the show before is how are you holding up, and that's that's a very loaded question now. Like before, it was just a COVID thing, but right. now there's obviously a lot more going on. But I like to be consistent. So, uh, how are you holding up? Uh, doing all right. It's interesting that uh, you do definitely kind of feel, well, at least me, I guess you kind of feel everything that's going on. But all things considered, you know, I'm pretty good, I guess. Okay, that's good. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't have to be. There's no requ- no requirement to be okay. So, um, right, you know, right. I I mean, you're talking about you're talking about feeling it. I mean, I certainly feel it. Uh, but you know, I'm a white guy, so I mean, there's a certain amount of it that I feel like there's only so much. Not I don't want to diminish it, but at the same time, like I don't. I also don't right. want to pretend that I can feel it in the same way that a person of color feels. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I, I feel like it's a um, I don't know, everybody feels their way of feeling it to the extreme right now. Like, their capacity to feel it, it's at the max point where it's just like, God damn, man, still? So. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was, I mean, it wasn't gushing tears, but I actually had some, tear, some tears falling out, of my, falling out of my eyes a couple of days ago, and that's just not me. Like, I'm mm. just, I'm not a guy who cries at movies. Right. I'm not, you know, like that, it was, but it was just... It was just like, ugh. Like I just, I just felt really, really sad. And right. I mean, obviously, I'm in a privileged enough position that I can, I can afford to feel sad. I, I, I have everything I need. I have all my food. I have, you know, money. I've got whatever else. Um, you know, right, like I, right. I, I'm, I'm sort of vaguely working on a joke. Like I'm so privileged. I, you know, like I'm so privileged. I bake bread when I feel sad. You know, something along those lines. Funny. But yeah, well, I, I was so. kind of thinking a. <laughs> I was kind of thinking of some of the things like I found the other day where I was just kind of like stress eating. And then I was like, oh man, the thing that I'm using to like calm down for the riots is what like 80% of the world is still rioting for. Like, Ooh, my I like stress that. Thing is... <laughs> so it's, yeah, no, that's, that's uh, a yeah, good point. So talking about that position. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's man, a very good point. Uh, yeah, so definitely being aware of that. Um, like the privilege and all that, but still, it's like fuck, man. It's uh, and I guess it's kind of just like you know this kind of perfect storm of kind of everything that's going on to be like, even in the mix of this, like you still are, like you couldn't take a some time off from killing people from while we're already dying from the pandemic stuff. So it's like, come on. Man. God, it's such a it's such a good point. I mean, th- I mean uh, that's I mean so I mean how do when you see when when you first saw that video, I mean how did you feel? Uh, I don't know. It's almost like you almost kind of go numb to it, where it's just like, this one is like, goddamn, another video. But then I saw like the original kind of like nine minute one. Um, like I saw it, I guess, before it kind of uh, became super popular. 
or before it kind of like caught on as far as the protesting and all that. And so just kind of sitting there watching it, and then I know you didn't really just kind of go numb to it, and like I know you don't necessarily know how to feel. Like you definitely feel sad and like just like drained instantly, kind of. Mm. Where it's like everything just kind of like goes out of you, like fuck, man. And you just kind of watching this person, and then as you, especially watching that particular video where you kind of see the life leave the guy, where it's like, oh my god, come in, where it wasn't just like a shot, where it's like this instant thing, but you like kind of hear him talking, and uh, as you just kind of see it like gradually leave, it's like fuck, man, this is, and then you just kind of get anger, like. That was, that was probably the most thing I felt, just, like, watching the other cop just kind of sit there and defend it and the kind of, uh, um, like, flat aspect on the on the guy's face who was kneeling on his neck where he was just, like, it just looked like another day for him. <laughs> just like, yeah, this is what we do. So, yeah, so no, that, well, that's, like the, scary, that's the scary part, that. of course. That's the scary part is, of course, you know, that is what they do. That's exactly what, that's exactly right. what they do. That's really well said. So, yeah, I mean, I... I, I just, the, I mean, it's I I've just found the whole thing gut wrenching. I mean, it's just you you as you as you just said. I mean, you watch the life go out of his body, and that's right. something. I don't know if they had this. I mean, I think we're a little different in age, but they, there used to be these videos called Faces of Death, and it was uh, it, it was they're they're basically snuff films. It was the kind of right. thing that you know got passed around on VHS you know a long time ago, and I never wanted to watch right. that. Because that was not my thing. I was like, I don't really want to watch somebody right. die. I don't want to. I don't want to watch. You know, there's that horrible video of I can't remember his name, but that guy committing suicide li- live on camera. You know, like I just, uh, right, I, right. I don't want to watch that. Like that's not my. That's not what I am into. And you know, this is a situation where you're watching that. It's long and it's horrifying. And right. you know, I think you have to watch it. But it's a terrible, terrible thing, and you know, and not the only time it's happened. I don't, I don't want to diminish it. Just for, right. this one, this one clearly hit harder, though. I mean, do, do you have any sense? Do you? Do you I, I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but I mean, do you have a feeling of why this one sort of created this moment? Uh, well, maybe I think the pandemic kind of played into it, to where people kind of had the time to do it, to where you're kind of sitting at home, you don't really have much else to do, or it's not like you would just kind of like distract yourself and. You know, you got to get back on the train or, like, you got to get back to the office and all that where you're just kind of sitting there. And then also I feel like the the kind of frustration from being pent up inside all day, to like, it's almost like, not to say it's an excuse to go outside, but it's like if there's a reason to go outside and risk the pandemic, stuff like this is it. And so I think just kind of that combined with it and um, just kind of frustration with the uh, – I don't know, get like political and stuff like that, but like with the president and all that, where it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of just like that uh, that powder keg moment where it's, I don't know, all these things just kind of all came together to be like, yeah, man, this is like this is just too much right now to not do anything or to not feel it. So. Right, exactly. Have Have you been near any of the protests, or have you been protesting? Uh, I went. Down to the one on, – I went to the Barclays maybe – what day was that? Tuesday, I think. Okay. So, and I wasn't, like, in the midst of the protest and just kind of off to the side and kind of watching because I've never really gone to protests before. It was um, – yeah, I don't know. That's not really uh, a thing. For whatever reason. Yeah, I guess. And, you know, there's a bunch of stuff, like, 
shit, you scared of getting tased and maced and all that shit. Mm. It's like, um, so that definitely is part of it. But also, yeah, it's like, I guess for me, yeah, whatever is not my thing, I guess, or that sounds kind of cavalier. No, 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 but I think what but, but you um, said something interesting, fear of, get, fear of getting tased. I mean, that's something that right. I, I don't share. Like, you know, I, I can go to a protest and not think about that. Right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, so this one I kind of went out there, and uh, I don't know, definitely an interesting feeling, just kind of feeling it uh, amongst the uh, – just kind of feeling – the feeling in the air. And actually, I, I didn't go to a protest. I'm out in Bay Ridge. I didn't go to a protest out here, but there was one that was kind of happening. I was outside, and it was interesting seeing the uh, the different vibes, I guess, as compared to, like, Bay Ridge and – uh, like kind of Park Slope area to where the um, like the Park Slope area kind of feel like everybody was, even if you weren't in the protest, like you just kind of saw people out their windows. Everybody was kind of engaged and like supportive of it and uh, kind of out here in Bay Ridge, it was a the outsiders had a feeling of like uh, scrutiny on the protest a little bit, like kind of almost felt like they were watching it as a spectacle rather than kind of seeing it as this thing that, um, you know, something to be joined in and supported. So those are that that kind of interesting dichotomy of the two uh, areas, like four mm-hmm. miles apart to where, you know, just the, uh, it's interesting how that vibe can change like that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, look, New York is neighborhoods, right? I mean, you say four miles. I mean, that could, right, be, right. That could be a lot, you know, depending on, depending on where you are. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I sort of I saw some outside my window. I, I I'm still uptight about coronavirus. Like I I just feel like I don't want to. Yeah. I, I I just that's a that's a, a different concern. Like I I fully support all the protesting. I'm not. I don't want right. to give any impression that I don't. But just me per me personally, I'm like eh, it's not social distancing, you know. Um, yeah. And luckily, there was a a lot of the people had like the majority of the people you know had like face coverings and all that. But yeah, oh, there's still that feeling of like. And even part of me, like, the reason it's kind of staying on the outskirts is, like, yeah, I don't necessarily just want to be in the midst of, you know, all those people breathing on. Right, exactly. I don't, I don't want somebody sneezing on me. Like, I just, you know, I, I, yeah, man. I, I, I but, you know, believe me, I, I think it's important. And I also, I mean, this is, do you think it helped? Because I, I kind of, usually I'm the guy who's, like, protesting, eh, whatever, but I kind of feel like it maybe has helped because there's definitely, you know, they did charge the other cops. They did increase the charge on the main cops. Right. Yeah, it definitely seemed like it helped this time. And, uh, I don't know, yeah, you definitely felt the pressure. And I think with it being so widespread this time, where it's like this kind of global thing, and uh, I know the kind of the looting and property destruction discussion has kind of has been very big this time. But it's like even that seems like was like, no, we can't have. So it seemed like it kind of clicked in some people's mind. It was like, well, maybe if we do kind of do the right thing and – you know, charge the cops and you know, kind of start acting right on this, that maybe we can save the stuff that we want to save. Like, we want to save this property or whatever, so let's actually do what they're demanding or so. Well, I mean, it, I mean, they're saying they want justice, and what does that mean? And, the, and I think right. it's not always easy to figure out, but certainly one of those things is that the cops responsible for, the, for this man's death are charged appropriately. And I feel right. like that is what that, you know, 
<clears throat> some people were saying they wanted first they wanted first degree murder. As I understand it, and I am not basing I'm not a lawyer. I'm I'm basing this on you know random stuff I read on the internet and saw on TV. But that if you charge them with first degree murder, that 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 implies it was premeditated, and that that's incredibly hard right. to prove. And they, they want to and right. they want to get a conviction. So if you overcharge him. Then there's a, then there's a very good chance that he, you won't get that conviction. And once that right. that to me is a compelling argument. I don't know, you know, I'm not diminishing the emotion behind uh, behind uh, wanting a first degree murder charge, but I feel like you know the main ultimately right. you want to get this guy convicted. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and that's where I think you know, yeah, there's a strategy to it all, especially like the legal system, and you kind of have to be um, mindful of that. And so I think right. there's kind of like know, various factions of, you know, the resistance, so to speak, to where you can kind of have the kind of like frontline protester people that kind of get the ball rolling and, you know, get the cops uh, arrested and they kind of do that part. And then you kind of have to have the legally minded people kind of take over at that point where they can be like, well, I know you want the first degree murder and all that. And that would kind of, like you were saying, it would probably like feel good as far as like, yeah, we felt like we got this victory and we could kind of do that. But on the legal aspect, like the legally minded people are like, well, yeah, you have to be aware that that's kind of hard and that can possibly backfire if it doesn't go the way you want. And so let's kind of go for this, I guess, more obtainable goal. And so mm. you kind of have to have, it's important that you have all those, uh, all those kind of levels covered and not just this, uh, at least in my opinion, there's not just like this one way of uh, going about bringing the change or something. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, is there anything else that you've read about the other things that maybe we could do? Because I mean, I know there's, you know, there's just there's talk and there's a lot of you know, let's introduce this resolution and stuff like that. I just, I wonder if that like what that does and what and if that's going to satisfy people. Yeah, I don't know. I think the uh, like local elections is probably a very big thing as far as you know, getting the people, getting people in office that are willing to listen to you. Um, I've been hearing, you know, a little bit about like the, uh, I forget what it's called, whatever the statute is that kind of blocks uh, police's like oh, history is it, being is released it 50A? to the public. Yeah, 50, something like 50A. Um, New York yeah. protests reignite calls to repeal 50A law protecting police records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Police, yeah, di- so police disciplinary like, records. On, Right, right, right. Yeah, it's not like you just want their address and stuff released, but, um, you know, you want people to be like – because kind of like with the uh, guy where it kind of came out later where he kind of has this long history of doing these things. And um, I don't know, like, you're saying, like I was saying earlier, you kind of need the uh, the local elections to kind of happen better to where you can get people in there that will actually listen to you and be like uh, – where you can kind of hold them accountable to do their job at the kind of uh, – enforce whatever the laws are and enforce the justice of the people. Um, and I heard somebody talking about this, mentioned this thing to where you need a, uh, like a governing board that actually has the power to discipline police or so. I think the police have so much power through like unions or whatever, and their kind of political uh, navigation to where there's, it doesn't seem like there's some, there's like anything over them to be like, yeah, you did this, and so these are the people that you have to see, and there can be actual consequences for those actions. So uh, establishing that, I think, would be a big thing, and God knows how hard that would be or what that struggle would be like, but, yeah, I think that would be uh, something very useful. 
and just kind of changing everything. Kind of, you kind of get need that to be the, I don't know, kind of hate this phrase now, but the new normal of like, you kind of need to get that in there and in place and just get people used to that. So whereas like, that's not something to fight against. Where it suggests that is what it is. Like, hey, if you're a police officer and you fuck up, you have to go see whatever uh, governing board that uh, disciplines. Uh, police officers and all that. So. Well, it certainly should be. I mean, right? I mean, like, right, what, you know, what's right. say? Like, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm sure I'm, I'm looking here as, as you're talking. I'm trying to sort of get a better understanding of it because Guy Cuomo keeps talking about it and he keeps saying the 58 does not prevent prevent the release of those records. But clearly, some people think it does, and it sounds like it, yeah. he, he may be incorrect about that. Because based on everything I'm reading, if, if in fact he's right, then people are really misinformed because everybody else right, seems to think, right. you know, pretty much everybody seems to think yeah, that, there, uh, there that was that's another the name. I'm not sure if it was 58 or just something like a police protection type thing to where it's, and it might be like through their, I feel like the union aspect. The union's powerful. Uh, very powerful union. Right, right. And so you kind of need to, and you don't to, I guess you don't want to like have them completely powerless to where they just have nothing, but um, oh shit, maybe you do. I don't know. Um, yeah, you need something in there to kind of like bring some accountability to it, to where it's like, to where they just can't um, interpret the law and like do as they will. Because uh, I was even reading something about like the curfew, to where it's like the implementation of the curfew is kind of at the police's discretion. And kind of like if they believe that you're doing something essential then they'll let you really? go. But if they don't, they kind of have the power to detain you or arrest you at that point. And it's not like there's something that the police have to look to, like, oh, no, this is the guideline or this is the standard of what's considered essential work or whatever it is. It's just like, yeah, if they believe what you're saying, then you'll be okay. And if they don't believe you or if they choose not to believe you, then you're at the risk of being arrested by them. So Great. Nice, real nice. I mean, that's you know, I, <laughs> right. isn't that how we got here in the first place? I mean, you know, that they they're right, looking at you right. and they're sort of making a judgment based on, oh, I don't know what you look like, and right. I mean, that's just I don't know. I mean, I I I, I guess that you know, I don't know. I just I, uh, this is so, this is so negative of me, but I don't know how you fix that. Like, I mean, what, what are you going to say? Like, yeah. don't use your judgment. I mean, you know, make you. It, it, I, clearly, the answer is have better judgment. Right. I mean, that but right. I don't know how you enforce better judgment. How can you tell a police officer? And I'm not trying to bash all police officers by any means, but, you know, like, what are we what are we talking about? I mean, you know, like, so, so would you guys just have would you guys just be better is really what this comes down to. And the, and the fact right. is, unfortunately, right. a lot of cops are not, you know, these Minneapolis cops were horrible. I mean, we saw it all on tape. There's no right. there's no there's no other part of that tape. Like there, that was what people used to say about the Rodney King tape. Like, oh, you didn't see the whole tape. You know, and Bill Maher's line is like, is there, was there a part right. of the tape where they were buying him dinner? Like, you know, what are we talking about? Like, <laughs> right. this, this is, the, 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 that was it. We saw it right there. Like, there was nothing else, there, there, there was no yeah, disputing it. And yet there are still people who are going to, you know, there's still a, a small segment, because I mean, even the president um, said, this is, this is a horrible death, this officer was wrong, which is, which is surprising for him. But that just means, that says to me that it was oh, really right. clear. Like the, even a lot right, of there was a whole right. thing. There was a thing in the New York Times about how the a lot of the conservatives on you know um, Judge Janine and 
people Rush Limbaugh, like, you know, even though they, they went on to say something else disgusting, but they then they said, this is terrible. There's no <laughs> excuse. This was, you know, this was a horrible thing. Those officers should be punished, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so that to me says it's, you know, it's, it's clear even to someone who's inclined not to believe it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And is it, yeah, I think, and I think that was another thing maybe that kind of made this one particularly, uh, palpable to everybody to where it was just so like blatantly just fucked up where it's like like the whole 10 minutes of you kneeling on him like at no point did you be like alright this is enough like he's down he's not moving the other people are holding his arms and legs so maybe I could take my knee off of his neck at this point yeah like, I mean for, I mean, you know yeah, the guy's guy so saying, guy saying he can't breathe he's like you're talking fine I mean oof right. oof Ooh, I mean, just, and, and I mean, just callous like, disregard for right. life. Right, right. And it's like, it's just so obviously unnecessary at this one. Because, like, I think the, sometimes when you see, like, the shooting videos to where everything does happen so quick and, like, a gunshot is a matter of seconds to where it's like, after you pull the trigger, there's nothing you can do. That action's gone and it's bullets out and what's going to happen is going to happen. But at this one, there was like, there were so many opportunities, like 10 minutes, about 10 minutes of opportunity where you'd be like, I could have made a different decision and this person would still be here. And so I think that was part of it with this one where it was just like, God damn, man, like, come on, like you could have, <laughs> like you, like, yeah, it was pretty much just murder because there was just so many, it wasn't like, oh, I was feared for my life and it happened so quick and, you know, I made the rash decision and I pulled the trigger and he was dead at that point. It was like, no, nah, you slowly murdered this guy. So it was, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that was one of the things that made this one very, very hard to see. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, cause that, that was, that was my feeling, but I just, you know, I don't, I don't like to assume the way it is for every, for everybody, but it was certainly, you know, a gut wrenching thing to watch. Now, are you a sports fan at all? Uh, not, too too much, not really. Do you know who Drew Brees is? Like I played sports in high school. Oh, you yeah, did play so sports in high school. In what'd you, what'd you, uh, that's interesting. What did you play? Uh, football. Um, so I was center in high school. Did that for a couple years. Uh, was on the like golf team, privilege and stuff. Golf, <laughs> team. golf team, love it. For a little bit, love that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely aware of Drew Brees. I lived in, I went to school in New Orleans and college in New Orleans, so. Um, yeah, definitely aware of Drew Brees. So, so, I mean, he's good. Did you hear about what he said? Yeah, uh, just through, like, uh, I guess third-party stuff, but just kind of hearing it down the uh, social media line. Well, he's he apologized. He it, it's, it's led to some interesting – like, I, I'm a I, – my sort of choice of, you know, thing to listen to in the shower is sports radio. Even in the midst of all this, I'm uh, still listening to sports radio. And they've actually been pretty good about all about everything that's going on, which was which surprises me. But right. um, it's interesting to me that Kaepernick is still coming up, and I guess it's because that's what he was protesting. He was protesting po- uh, police brutality. Right. Um, so I guess I'd be curious what you what you think of that. Like like do you, like I at first I was kind of like really like well, how does what does Kaepernick have to do with this? And I was like, well, he was peacefully protesting, you know, police tra- police treatment of African Americans. That was this is. Right. So here and here and yet here we are, um, and people were freaking right, out about right, it. And, right. and apparently Drew Brees, you know, still, you know, I will never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. 
Um, but I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to your flag with a hand over your heart, it shows unity. It shows we're all in this together. We can do better, that we're all part of the solution. I mean, um, I like Drew Brees, but I also think he's a little bit myopic. Like, I don't know that he right. entirely gets it, and I think that's really what this is. He's, he's since apologized, but it was a bit of a – it wasn't the best apology. Like, it was mostly pretty good, and then as somebody said on the radio, they said he kind of stumbled over the finish line, but he did, he did one of those, you know, I'm sorry my comments were interpreted as type of, type of thing. Right. Um, as opposed wow. to the full-throated, like, I said something wrong, and I – he takes full responsibility. You know, he sort of mostly said the right things, but then he kind of – you know, the – I'm sorry you feel that way kind of comment, which is, which is not really, right. not really cool. But um, so like, so what did you, what did you think of his comments? Um, I don't know. It's almost like, I'm almost of the feeling like, I don't even know why we even asked their opinions at like at this point. It was like, if you want to offer up your opinion, okay, definitely go that way. But to be, it's almost like you kind of want this kind of cosmetic, uh, Bonds like, hey, how do you feel about this guy being murdered, or how do you feel about this thing? And it's like we're just waiting to hear you check off the right answer to be like, okay, we'll keep liking you now. But it's like, I don't know. I think when people say that, where it's like, uh, oh yeah, I don't respect people that don't respect the flag or whatever. It's just like you're so, I don't know, like you're just missing the point like so much. And that's the. Like, that part is, like, very, very frustrating to where it's, like, you're missing the point. It's almost like a willful ignorance to it all to where it's, like, clearly it's not about disrespecting the flag. Like, it's not just this thing just coming up out of nowhere to be, like, hey, one day I'm going to just show them the flag and take a knee at the big game or whatever. Like, that's like that's what you think was going on. It's, like, goddamn, man, like, no, you can't be that kind of obtuse to it all. But it's, um, I don't know, just, like, yeah, I don't know what to say as far as, like, um, you're just that far off. You're just that removed from the uh, uh, from the world. It's almost like you can't like if that's your opinion. I don't see. I don't think you respect the flag yourself if you're that removed from what's going on with the people that the flag supposedly represents. Like if you love America that much and you're that blind to what's going on, you can't love it that much. Like it's just kind of this robotic response and it's like, uh, well, somebody, I heard, I overheard somebody say this and that's what I'm going with. I almost would have been, I almost would have been happy. It was like, man, I just play football and I don't know what else is happening. Like I'm just a football player that keeps my head in the sand and I just want to make my money and throw the ball around. It's like, well, I could probably respect that slightly more than that. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a bullshit answer to it. Yeah, no, it was not a great answer. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm still not totally sure what the question was. Like, I had a little bit of trouble finding the original video, um, it, right. or whatever. Like, it, it wouldn't play, and this, and you know, and, and, and then it's the. And then, of course, since he's already since he's apologized, now that we got the reactions to the apology, so it's sort of it's harder to get to the original state. Like, if you didn't see it when it happened, it's not that easy. Um, right. But I guess I guess they must have brought up Kaepernick, and I. I so you know yeah I guess that's where that's where that comes from ultimately, um, but right. sports radio they actually said some, they said some interesting stuff they actually said I wrote this down, um, uh, it's it's a you know the coasts are three white guys and he says we're white men we don't know it all we want to help how can we do that, and I was like okay that's pretty good ESPN it's not bad right you know I've heard worse that that could that could have gone a lot worse right. 
Um, and they were actually all they were uh, slapping Drew Brees down, which which is not <laughs> ordinarily what I would expect. They were actually saying, you know, mm. you know, good lord, man, you know, are you are you seriously talking like he's not? They had on the guy who suggested to Kaepernick that instead of sitting, he kneel. Um, I think his name is Nate mm. something. Uh, he was a green oh, right, right, and, and right. He, right, and he and he said he said you know don't sit because sitting will be seen as disrespectful, and that's not what you're trying to do. Like you know you're you're just trying to bring awareness to something. But if you kneel, you know then that's cl- very clearly a protest, and you know whatever. So right. I, and they had him on, and that, that was <laughs> that was interesting. And he also said you know Drew's a little out to lunch here, and is not really kind of needs to. Yeah needs to understand. I mean, they, they all, they all couched it in, you know, Drew's not a racist. Drew's done a ton for the community in, in New Orleans. You know, Drew's been great. Um, but clearly on this, he's just wrong. Like he just doesn't get it and, and how he's going to get it. I don't right. know exactly. So like, cause that's the thing. How do you change somebody's mind on something like that? Like, how do you make them get it? I don't know. I, you know, can right. people's mind, if somebody's that dug in, can their mind be changed? <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. It's almost, it's, fucked up as this sounds it's like it's almost they have to experience it or at least they have to like tap into like hey what if my kid no longer existed because of this and I like it's almost like you have to imagine that like fuck I have to imagine my kid being killed and people like cheering it on and supporting the murder of my kid and all that and like you got to tap into that energy to be like oh that's what they're feeling and so I'm not saying, like, yeah, definitely he should experience the loss of a child or anything like that. But, like, until you can, like, <clears throat> really, you know, have that empathy for that situation to where you, I don't know, to where you can feel that or at least kind of get a portion of what that feels like, I'm not exactly sure other than that how you, uh, like, how you do totally buy into it. Because I think with even with, uh, I think that that that's the thing, that one, like you have white people that can support it and can get behind it because they do, you know, on some level possess that empathy of like, fuck, man, what if some of my family member just senselessly died or whatever? And there's like this, uh, and I think it's the almost the aspect of like the loss of the protection from it or like the loss of like, well, there will be some consequences to it because I feel like, especially like if you're a celebrity or so, if something happens to you, like, you'll get rallying points just for being the popular person who's like, oh, you'll be in the news, you'll get an outcry of support and all that. So I think they, celebrities and kind of like rich people maybe are just that far, even that much further removed from, uh, like, the loss of consequences to negative things happening to you. And they just can't fathom that. And I don't know how you can, um, I don't know, manufacture that feeling in people, but it, uh I don't know, tapping into that empathy of it is at least I think the first start. Mm, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, I, I mean that's something I think about. I mean, I have two you know white sons. Um, spoiler alert: right. I'm white, and I, I, you know, I I'm never going to when I think it was actually I think the first time I heard someone articulate it in the media, like in in sort of a way that that was. I, I don't want to say it was the first time, but it was it was definitely an early time where I said, "Oh, wait a minute!" I think now I'm starting. You know, at least I'm starting to get this a little bit. Don Lemon talked about how his mother would sit would sit him down and and tell him how to talk to the cops when they pulled him over and when when the situation right. got tense. Not if, but when. 
Right. And that was that was that definitely clicked something for me. I said, I don't have to do that. I don't have to explain to explain to my children, you know, drive with your driver's license around your neck or, you know, that was another one um, that came from sports radio. There was a coach and he was saying that as part of practice, he does role play. He sets up, he puts four chairs together like it's a car and he puts them in the car and he says, OK, I'm the cop. And this is how you talk to the cop, you know, when you, and make sure that your driver's license is always somewhere where you can where you, where you don't have to go in a pocket or a glove compartment. Like you drive with your driver's right. license on the dashboard. And I mean, that is absolutely horrible that they have to do that. But at the same right. time, clear, there's clearly a good reason for it. This isn't just paranoia. This isn't some conspiracy theory. This is what's happening. This is this is a thing that happens in the world. And I do not have to worry <clears throat> right, about that right. for my children, for my children. So. There's, I, I guess that's the best I can do is to sort of say, you know, I understand that this is not something, you know, that I experience and it's terrible that you have to experience it. But yeah, I mean, like, as you said, I mean, Drew Brees is simply, he's not going to be in that position. He's not, he's not going to worry about right. that. And, you know, because, because he's white. Right, right. And then like you had the rich aspect, the celebrity aspect of it, there's just like, you just can't understand like, oh, somebody from my family would be killed and nothing would happen? Like, life would just go on as regular for the rest of the world? It's like, yeah, they can't, uh, I don't know, fathom that thing. And and even to just, like, quote-unquote normal white people, to where it's like, I think another thing that kind of misses are the another point that's kind of lost sometimes, where it's like the years of it happening. So where it's like, Sometimes you hear a lot of people say, like, oh, man, why is all this just coming up now? Like, why is this – it seems like the big thing now. And it might be the big thing now for, you know, the – for society at large, or, you know, the majority of people in the country. But this is, like, an ongoing thing. Like, this is, like, a generational kind of, like, as long as you've been born, like, your grandparents have talked about this. If you're, like, black or a person of color, there was, like – you can't tap into that like history of this feeling to where it seems like a new thing now, but for, I'm not sure. Like you, I used to say like uh, Richard Pryor standups and all that to where like, he's talking about police brutality and then, you know, he has jokes about that. This is like happening in the in the sixties and seventies. So where it's like, Oh shit, man, this is a thing that's been going on for a very long time. And even, you know, even that it wasn't like a new thing. Like, it was new to be talked about in a joking manner for his uh, generation or so, but that's still a thing that was like, oh, he just figured out how to turn it into a joke. But it was still a, <laughs> for lack of a better term, a staple within the community where it's like, yeah, police brutality is something that happens. Or, like, yeah, you just can't trust cops like that. It, like, it wasn't just my friends that were telling me that, but it was my grandparents and my great-grandparents that we're kind of giving all this information down. So it goes back um, it goes back further. I mean, I I was just right. noodling around in the New York Times and and they linked to was it Tulsa, I think? Something absolutely horrible that happened, oh, that right. happened in Tulsa. Right. right. you know what I'm talking about? I yeah, want to say it was yeah, the 40s. Yeah. Do I have that right? Uh it may have been like maybe maybe like the 20s. I want to say it was like the 100 years. 20s? Okay, it, it was it was it was not recent and it and it was and it just no. seemed all too familiar. It it was just right, right. It was it was just absolutely. Let's see, recently viewed. Let me see if I can find it here. Right. Please, I don't have insurance. Eh, it's not here. Um, okay, Biden's breakfast yeah, but it was club like controversy. Early 1900s. 
<clears throat> yeah, no, it was something really bad. It was real. Oh no! Yeah, in 1943, Harlem riot. It was Harlem. Oh, okay. 1943, oh, Harlem riot Harlem killed five, riot. hurt 500. It began when a policeman shot a Negro soldier, because the, and I say that with the understanding that this uh, this article is from the 60s when we used to say things like that. Um, I'm quoting. I am not. That was not me <laughs> saying it. I was quoting it. Okay. Um, speaking Spanish for a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> But it gets. I mean, it's like it's an old article, and it just somehow. I don't even know. Right. Uh, it was linked in one of the Times articles, and I was like, "Wait a minute, 1943." I was like, "Oh my god," you know. So. Right. You know. Guess what? Yeah, I mean, this you're is even not right new. With the, uh, yeah, like I said, you're even right with the Tulsa one where there was like a whole community that was just like burned down. That um, was it. Yes. So yeah, yes. That was, that was that was more horrifying. This was not to not that I like to rank right. these things, but that was particularly horrifying. That was really scary. Right, right. And somebody made a TikTok video yeah, I'm not about sure. that. Oh shit! Of all of all things, so yeah, I'm not that's, sure where, that's where that's where I heard that. Show... I'm not sure if you saw the show The Watch. Was it Watchmen on HBO? Oh yeah, yeah, um, Watchmen. Sure. Yeah, that was kind of like the, I didn't see the whole series, but that was like the basis of it. Or that's kind of where it started oh, off with the history. Uh, interesting. So that's why it, that's why that. it was set in Tulsa. Yeah. Oh man! Right, oh, I didn't right. even make that connection. Wow. That's really cool. Watchmen was really yeah. good. Watchmen was surprisingly good. Yeah, Talk about little, overachieving. It was a little dark. Right. <laughs> I couldn't get into it. Maybe I'll go back and watch it at some point. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was heavy. So like, yeah, I don't know if I can. Are you a comic book guy? Uh, a little bit. Like I didn't read them, but I like the movies. Actually. Okay. Because yeah, I mean that the, that one is that one is better if you've read the Watchmen comic. Although everybody I talk to yeah. swears if you haven't if you haven't read it, it's okay. Now I have I've read it I've read it a bunch of times. It's a great comic. Um, but it, the Watchmen comic is not particularly about race. Like it's you know, uh, that's okay. not that's not something it really focuses on. So it's to me it's it's fascinating that they were able to take that and it absolutely all everything that happens in that series stems right out of the comic. You know, it's all directly oh, okay, from there. Right. So it's just a really interesting way of talking about race and sort of an interesting use of that medium um, and of use of the property. Because I certainly would never right, have expected right. that to be the case. Everybody was telling me to watch it, and I, I was very dismissive. I said, "There's no way this is good." You know, this the the movie the movie the movie didn't really hold up. You know, the comic the comic is great. You know, there's no way that nobody needs a sequel to it. And um, and I was wrong, and I'm glad. I'm actually glad they're not doing another season because I think they had said everything they needed to say. Oh, really? Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good um, to end on a no when to end it. Yeah, well, they they had an ending in mind. Oof. You know, they figured they figured out right. they were like, okay, this is where it's going. This is what's going to happen. And um, then they, uh, you know, they just said, all right, let's stop. So now you say you like the movies. You mean like the Marvel movies? You like those? Yeah. Yeah. Now, how, how do you feel? How do you think those deal with race, or do they? I mean, I guess Black Panther, um, obviously. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't really feel like they do that much. At least, I don't know. Like Black Panther was. Uh, I feel like Black Panther was probably one of the first ones, at least in my mind, that kind of like dealt with it on any level, as far as like, and maybe in well, in Captain America, they touched on it, I guess, a little bit. But, because um, Marvel movies are like mostly Disney, right? I feel like they don't necessarily—that's not their thing to like be subversive in any way. So, 
No, they're not. They, I mean, uh, like, I, and I, and I, as much as Black, Black Panther sort of dealt with race in that everybody was black, but but right, it, it wasn't right. it wasn't like they 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 were going into the community and you know were going to you know white communities and dealing with racism or something like you know that's just that's not what it was about. It was really so right, someone right. called it an expression of black joy, which I which I which stayed with me, and I thought that was really interesting. That, I mean, that was another one where I yeah. I'm not going to pretend I can understand how black people must feel to see that. And to see, you know, right. a black king like you know like that, and a and a black superhero, um, in a movie like right. that, where he's not and, surrounded by white people. Right, and Killmonger, his kind of whole position, um, his position definitely uh, dealt with race uh, on a certain level, and that was kind of his uh, motivation behind everything that he was doing. Um, so they kind of they touched on it with him, and it was like the. Uh, you know, representative of like the Malcolm X, Martin Luther King uh, debate or argument, who are like the violence versus nonviolence way of dealing with uh, oppression, I guess. So, um, yeah, they could, that was probably the most, that movie, I guess, was the, most, the one that dealt with it the most uh, in any of the Marvel ones. So. Right. No, it's it sort of it, – this is some um, – on my other podcast, Comics Who Love Comic Books, um, Dimitri Wajasinger, uh, who's a comedian, very funny, and he came on and he talked about the CW shows. I don't know if you watch those. I like them. They're pretty nerdy. But it, on those shows, uh, there's this wonderful little universe where – um, everybody like everybody's gay, and you know you've got uh, gay interracial relationships, funny. and nobody cares. Like there's no, there's never a hint right. of any. You know, like they just did an episode. There's a trans superhero, and they did an episode of a guy who's targeting trans trans oh. women, and it, but it was even that was a little bit like because everybody agrees that it's wrong. Like there's no there's nobody who's like right. no 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 this is like you know hey maybe this is okay maybe you just shouldn't be trans like you like you don't even have a character saying that you basically have 100 percent right. support across the board. And then there's a show, Black Lightning, which is also on the CW, and they really do deal with right. race um, in really interesting ways. It's a, it's a really smart show, and while still being yeah, a superhero show. Um, and he said he prefers that. He, he likes them both. He likes he likes to have them deal with it and then also not deal with it. Yeah, because Black Lightning doesn't like the third season by now. Uh, I believe that well, is no, correct, I've seen yes. the first season. I'm pretty sure I've seen like the first two seasons of that one. Yeah, I did like that show. That's good. That's yeah, a really, that, with, uh, that's a good show. Yeah. I I hadn't been watching it, and then on his recommendation, I went back and I caught up. I'm not fully caught up yet, but uh, that's a real that show. Right. That they they really get into it in in ways that none of the other CW shows do. Like it's like you know Flash, right. Supergirl, the rest of them. Like everything, everybody is so nice and everybody is so supportive. And it and he acknowledged right. that it's nice to sort of posit that universe, but that's not the, that's not the real world, and maybe it's also nice. To you know, to sometimes actually, re- I mean, there's a moment in Black Lightning where a character dies, and it's the kind of it, it's literally set up to be. Oh, they do all the things to set up that they're going to save the character, and then the and then they don't, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of show it is where they really uh-huh. do stick it, and it's re- it was gut wrenching. I I actually was uh, right up until the second he died, I was like, oh, they're going to save they're going to save the character. Of course they are, and they just didn't, know, you know, because because they wanted Damn, to, they were making they were kind of making a point. Yeah, no, it's a cool show. I like <laughs> it. I like it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I guess how do this is, we don't have enough time to have to deal with this. I wanted to talk about how we do comedy and all of this, but I feel like we don't have time to get into that, but 30 seconds. How can we, how can we still do comedy? Uh, I don't know. I think it's, um, I think one of the things you kind of got to give yourself space to 
like be to find I don't want to say joy, but find the laughter in it or find the humor in it. Um, yeah, because I did. I, I definitely felt weird. Like, yeah, how do you write a joke about this? Like, this is a very serious, fucked up subject. But it's like kind of got to step back and be like, oh, this is what I do. This is what my mind is. Let me find the humor in it, and I guess uh, be compassionate. I guess on yourself to be like, I'm not dismissing or downplaying what's happening. I'm just looking at it from this aspect of it and try to write smart jokes and don't just be uh contrarian for the sake of being contrarian, but like find the smart uh, angle in it and try to bring other people relief from their pain for it all. So mm, I like so that. The, I like, all right. Well, we've got a show it. Monday, Monday night live as part of primetime comedy. So that'll be fun. And um, Cranshaw, tell everyone right. they can find you on the social medias. Uh, on Instagram, Crenshaw, kind of funny, K-I-N-D-A, funny. Uh, pretty much all I am, well, that's all I have right now. Uh, yeah, on Instagram, Crenshaw, kind of funny. All right. Um, Crenshaw, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone, we'll be back tomorrow. Please stay safe. All right, peace.